The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Right here we are, the Brothers on Law. I'm Rob Mandel. And I'm Larry Mandel. And we're so happy to be here. How about that mortgage mom? Isn't she great? Yeah, she's good. Yeah. We're here on Go Country 105, by the way, Rob. Right after the mortgage mom. I love listening to her show. Hey, Larry, do you remember when uh, we lost our our mom? And, um, you know, she knew she was going and she signed over the only real property that she had, the only actual property that she had, the only asset, which was her house, and she signed it over to her kids before she passed. Do you remember all that? Yes, I do, Rob. Yeah. And, you know, um, we all got along just great, and we sold the home, I think, uh, pretty pretty quick and divided everything up, and it, it was an easy process. But it's not that easy for everyone, is it? Look, if you kids that get along and you inherit something, yeah, it's not going to be a, a difficult process. But then again, you will want to have some kind of will or something, a trust that dictates what, what should be done with the property. Well, that's but what I was have, getting at. Because I got that right. If, but if, if, you're not having, if you're not getting along with your family, and there's a death, and there's property at stake, there's money at stake, there can be fighting. And a will can can maybe um, avoid that, but then, then you're going through this process, this probate process, and that's all avoidable, and we just happen to have an expert in that whole process here with us in our studio, and he is my buddy, uh, I'm sorry to step on your words, Larry. I know you're you're di- you're dying. I'm just to dying dive to in. tell you something. But yeah, uh, you know, I just want to say one thing before we introduce our extraordinary guest. Okay, what is that? It? Brings out the worst of people. If there is a Money? dispute, well, yeah. But <laughs> if there's a dispute Fighting. over an inheritance, yeah, that really brings out the worst of people. Yeah, and then if they fight and they fight, 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 well, there goes the money. Okay. I want well, to hear about that is true. That's an important point. And we're going to talk to our guest about that because the last thing you want to do is have an estate that you've inherited and you've lost loved ones. And now you're, uh, and then the next thing, if you're fighting over that estate, next thing you know, it's gone. So we're going to talk to my buddy, Donnie Flagg. He is a, a, pro, a uh, wills and trusts uh, lawyer, he is an, an estate specialist. And um, he's got a uh, an amazing background, UCLA, Southwestern School of Law. Let's fix is, that real quick. You said UCLA. No. USC. I, USC. Oh, my God. That's going to cause some problems here, Rob. Oh, now all the, the you know, USC fight people on, are killing right. me. All right. Well, all right. I, obviously, I can't read here, Donnie. So. <laughs> 
But, you know, you've been a super lawyer years running, uh, featured in L.A. Magazine, and um, uh, and I know you uh, because we, we have lunch together almost every week, and uh, you're just an amazing guy. And so tell us... Um, Tell us a little bit about what you do. And by the way, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Welcome, Donnie. Appreciate it. Um, Yeah. So I've been an attorney now since 1997. Um, I started off my practice doing litigation, uh, both on the estate side, business law side, um, even did construction defect way back when. Um, And then over the past um, probably 10 years or so went solely transactional. And what does that mean, though, transaction? Sure. What that means is we, we don't do any more litigation. My job is to help keep people out of litigation. Um, and in the transactional game, we focus primarily on estates and trusts. So we do estate planning uh, for clients um, and really work to be able to transfer easily their estate from one generation to the next without all of that fighting and all that stuff that you guys were talking about. So, so how, how, how is that avoided? How do you, what process do you use to, to help uh, make sure people aren't fighting over estates? So we draft what's called a living trust. And a living trust is basically a document that tells the heirs or tells your successor trustee, which is the person who's going to look at this document and then decipher, hey, what did, what did you know, mom and dad, for example, want to have happen? And I now legally have to follow those um, guidelines. The great thing about a living trust is they get to do that without having to go through probate. It's totally private. It's not some public record. Um, a lot of people kind of confuse the difference between what a will is and what a living trust is. So let me explain that just real quick. A will is basically telling the probate court, hey, court, judge, here's what I want to have happen to my estate. Okay. We want to avoid that. You don't even need to do that because now the court gets involved. It becomes public record. Everybody can read your stuff, see where your your items are going, who's getting what, what percentages. And that's when creditors and people start coming in. And now we have what's called a will contest. So a- any will has to go through probate? Absolutely. Yeah. That's like hey. I said, it's basically instructions to the probate court saying, hey, here, handle this. Is there a minimum amount of an estate? for a will that, to go through probate or any any basically any will, if you want to take property via will, you're going through probate. Oh, so I, if you left $100 in a will, would you have to go through probate? You would not. So the minimum is $150,000 here in California. Okay, so which is not even a house. Correct. Right, like Most it's like people, one third of a house. Right, yeah. Most people by that time certainly have more than that. Um, it's funny, we get some people in who don't think they have that. And by the time you go through their items and what they really have, um, they're way beyond that amount. So most people fall into that spot where, yeah, you can have a will, you're going to go through probate, or like I said, we can draft a living trust, which is now going to keep it completely private and outside of the probate court. But why? Now, is there a, a, my brother has to speak first. Go ahead. Yes, I do. Is there like a dividing line where I should have a will versus a trust? Or is it, you don't have to even consider having a will. You just jump right to a trust. You jump right to a trust. In every situation. Yes. Because if you have a will and something happens, boom, you're in probate. If you just start with the living trust, you don't even have to then transfer from a will to a trust. So some people are like, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm young. I'm not quite at that spot. 
my view is always why why not start with the living trust where when you get to that spot you're now you're not now paying additional money to get something you should have had in the first place. Why can't let's one of our oh, let's face it. Let me let you want to go me, first. Rob? I want to go okay. first. This time. Tag you're it. Look, you're gone. You're gone. Why do you care? You know this is for your heirs to worry about, and you know the so you're going to go through this extra effort and and I assume expense for this living trust, why do you care? Right, so that's a question I sometimes talk to people about, and my question to them is, would you rather have your money go to attorneys you don't know, courts that you don't care about, a government that already takes a ton, or go to your loved ones? And usually the answer is pretty simple. So you just shut me up pretty good. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and your loved ones are probably listening to right now, right? Well, we talk yeah, about that legacy. Are. We talk about legacy planning. And so you're leaving a legacy. So we've seen people not plan properly, and now the kids are going, they're basically cursing their parents, like, why didn't you set yeah. this up right um, at that time? And all of a sudden, these kids are now in, in fighting, and you've got, you've got issues. And Donnie, you hear about these self-help places. Can a person just do their own, it's called a living trust, right? Can right. somebody just prepare their own living trust and get by? Yeah, and save some money. So the first part of it is, can they do it? They can do it. The second thing you said is, and get by. Yeah. That part they cannot. And so when I did trust litigation, uh, almost always when we had issues, it's because someone either tried to do it themselves, they did you know, these other kiosk type items that you can try and pick up at a store and do it. And it's almost always those ones where you don't have the personal attention of attorney who's gonna detailed walk through your estate, find the red flags, solve those issues, and make sure that then we've got a, um, an estate plan that really works for, for their family. See, because I'm thinking about a boilerplate that you get from uh, you know online or something like that, and I guess if you don't check the right box or you're just not sure about it or the law has changed and you have the old form versus the new form, is that the kind of thing that gets you in trouble there? It is, and there's a lot of nuances when you're passing wealth from one generation to the next that those forms cannot do. Um, for example, you have a special needs child. That's not gonna handle it. There's a whole lot of complications that go into that. Now we're experts in that as well. So we deal with a lot of people with special needs where they have kids who are gonna need care after their passing. Well, how do we get that estate to them without the government coming in and saying, <clears throat> hey, you've been paying SSDI or we've been paying you. We want that money back now because you've got a chunk. Well, there's ways to, to legally make it so that the government can't do that. And, and um, other people besides children have may have a special needs trust because in our business we deal obviously with people who've been seriously injured and sometimes those people have ongoing care and future needs and if you put that in a special needs trust for them or, or set aside some of the money for a special needs trust you can avoid those same issues right Correct. with the government coming in and taking a big chunk of it and all that it's now just for them. That's right. And the way that um, we handle it at the Flake Law Firm is that we will draft a trust that will also look to the future of the unknown. So right now your children may be fine. But like you said, you get a child who, who's now in his 30s and he gets into a car accident and he's got major brain issues. Now we've got a special needs issue, right? So the way that we draft it is we put language in there that if there is a child that even later happens to become disabled, 
we're going to be able to handle that as well. Are the people that are named in that special needs trust that also take care of the injured person? Because we've done special needs trust, but it's mostly about um, assets. Right. Okay. A but don't you need another document as to who's going to be taking care of the person, yes. right? And yeah, what would exactly. that be? So that one is more of a guardianship. Okay. So now you've got to get something like that set up for someone who's going to come in and step into the shoes of the caregivers. Right. It's a little complicated for our audience, you know, because... Not necessarily. Well, it starts out simple, but when you get to... All you to do is call others, Donnie. It's that easy. Well, here's what happens. So the way Donnie. that a lot of people, Larry, a lot of people that um, come in, they are surprised by the time they walk out what an easy process it was. We don't do a financial... Uh, analysis that goes into every detail of everything that they have, but we've got a good idea of what they do have and how we're going to handle it. But we can do this within 30 to 45 minutes by just a conversation. I can extract enough information to get everything that I need, walk through the issues that they may have, um, and then prep the documents and have them back in for a signing. And they walk out normally going, I can't believe I waited so many years to get that right. done when it was this simple. You see, we have a cardinal rule in our office that the client feels better when they leave than when they first came in. That's right. And that's what you do. Exactly. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Isn't setting up one of these living trusts for your estate kind of a hassle because then you got to change the um, title to property and things like that, right? Right. So there is some work to be done, but certainly it's minimal. And do you do the work or do the people have to do the work? So we handle the real property because that's usually their biggest asset and we want to make sure that that does get... I look at a living trust like a bucket. We want to make sure that that asset gets into the bucket. Um, Bank accounts, brokerage accounts, we can't do that because they're the ones who are going to have to go to the bank and sign papers and do all that type of stuff. But we do walk them through the process of um, what they have to do to be able to to fill that bucket. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So um, what else uh, do you think our listeners would want to know about living trusts and and the kind of work that you do. Well, Rob, but hold on, just one moment. Wait I a minute. Go back I asked a question. <laughs> You're going to step in yeah, and ask another I'm question. I'm stepping on you, Rob. I'm the big brother. Really? Remember that. Uh, now, so because to me, I always thought, well, this thing about changing the real estate—that's kind of scary. I don't want to take it out of my name and put it into something else. Is that a big deal, or is it just an easy transition? It's a very simple, what we call a trust transfer deed to transfer that title into the trust. It doesn't cause a reassessment because you have the same owners. Um, You have no limitation as far as when you wanna sell it, do a refi, uh, whatever you wanna do with it, it really changes nothing except for just the title. And again, the title's just putting it into that bucket so that it then passes easy to the next generation. Courts never have to be involved with it. And I do wanna make another point, and I think this kind of got overlooked in our conversation so far. And that is that even though a living trust may be a little more expensive up, more expensive up front than a will, you're saving your heirs piles and piles of money 
down the line. Is that pretty much how it works? We're talking thousands upon thousands of dollars. Yeah. Probate is an expensive, expensive nightmare. Because you're um, giving like six, five or six percent of your estate, or something like that, or more. Sometimes more to than some that. lawyer to help you get through probate. Correct. And and what happens in probate process is the minute both uh, people have become deceased, let's say mom and dad, the assets are frozen. So now you're waiting also probably a year or more to get through that probate process. And and I can't stress enough what a nightmare it is. There's nobody's gone through the probate process and walked out and went, wow, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Nobody. And it's a, like you just said, it's a long process. It's Can it be over a year? Yes. Uh, that's ridiculous. And so can a, can a living trust be challenged in the same way a, a will can? Well, as you know, as a litigator, pretty much anything can be challenged. The question now comes down to is, what are the chances of success if someone's going to challenge it? And that's also a good point, Robert. I'm glad you brought that up because the way that we draft it is we look for those red flags. Where could there be challenges? Where are there potential issues? And let's minimize them now so that an attorney looks at this later, years down the road, and goes, listen, we don't have a shot at, at challenging this trust. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and, of course, brothersonlaw.com. Well, that's uh, all good to know. And where, where, where's your office, by the way? Yeah, so we're in Westlake Village, California. Um right on the border of L.A. County and Ventura County. And how do people get a hold of you? They call me at 818-338-7620. My law firm is www.flaglawfirm.com. And Flag is spelled how? F as in Frank, L-A-I-G. Great, great. Hey, so we have this uh, game I want to talk about for a moment. All right, you can talk about it. True or false game. Okay. And why are we doing a true and false game? Because we're going to see if some laws are really... On the books or not. Okay, so what? this is a true and false game about laws. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm and glad since you we're all her. lawyers, right? We got three lawyers in this room. Three too many lawyers, probably. <laughs> to most is people. there a joke in there or something, Rob? Something like that. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying. I was reaching. I feel like I'm back in law school. Yeah. yeah. All right. How so many the, lawyers does it take to do this game? Yeah. All right, here. So here's the first question. When parking your elephant at a meter in Orlando, Florida... Be sure to deposit the same amount of change as you would for a regular motor vehicle. True or false? So, in other words, that we're, we're, we're answering whether or not that's really a law yeah. in, in Orlando. Yeah. Well, I'm I, going with true. Me too. I'm going with true. Yeah. And, hey, and yeah, it's true. Now, now, just so you know, in the room, we have our producers, uh, Cam Meredith. and Meredith. And uh, they're holding up a little sign that tells us whether or not that's true or false. Okay, yeah. so that one is They're great, by the is, way. Uh, true. All right, you read the next one, Rob. All right, if you stop for a beer in North Dakota, don't expect to get any pretzels with your beverage. It's against the law in that state to serve beer and pretzels at the same time. What would common sense tell us about that? I say false. false. Donnie, what do you think, Donnie? Have you, been to, North have you been to North true. Dakota? Have you been to North Dakota? No, but I've seen Fargo. Okay, yeah, okay. me too. <laughs> More than once, too. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. true, Johnny. All right. Yeah. Now, what the, what, what What's the connection? What could be at the basis of that law? Maybe, you know what? 
they're salty, they make you drink too many beers, and then you're on the road drinking and drinking. And then it's a teetotaling state. And yeah. they go down to Florida. Yeah, exactly. And they to pay their toll. <laughs> Gotta make sure that elephant is pink. Well, they get so drunk, they go pick up an elephant and go to Florida. Yeah. All right. I like it. Donnie, you can read. You have this set in front of you here? I do. Yeah. If you ever find yourself driving at night through rural parts of Pennsylvania, state law requires that you stop every mile to send up a rocket signal. <laughs> You're like a rocket man. Yeah. I'm going false. I'm on going that one. definitely false on that one. Well, I'd like to be different, but I'm going false too. And Cam it's says it's true. Well, man, yeah, we're well, only one for work? three so far. Wait a minute. Where do you buy your rocket signal launcher? <laughs> in rural parts uh, of apparently Pennsylvania. Apparently in Pennsylvania, it's a popular item. That's madness. Yeah. All okay. right. There's some crazy law in the books, yeah. obviously. In Salem, West Virginia, it's against the law to eat candy less than an hour and a half before church service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to be all sugared up in church. Yeah. And disrupting. That's a tough one. Salem, West... Is there even a place called Salem, West Virginia? I, I presume there is. I'm going to say... Wow. I know it sounds crazy. I'm going to say true. Donnie? I'm think? going false. Donnie's going false. Yeah, I'm going to go false, too. These true. are crazy. All right, Larry. <laughs> so far, all these crazy laws are true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe that's, uh, yeah, maybe that's what the all right. key now, is here. If you happen to stay in Normal, Oklahoma, that's the name of the town, Normal, Oklahoma, be sure to restrain yourself from teasing dogs by making ugly faces or you'll be breaking the law. Now, wait a minute. Wow. What if you're already ugly? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> you got you to look on. away from the dog. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to. No ugly normal. people can look Oklahoma. at our dogs. You well, can't even own a dog. Yeah. Maybe that place should be called Abnormal. Yes. Hey, you Oklahoma. know what? If you're from normal Oklahoma, they're not going to like that. Okay, Rob. I'm sorry. I'm All sorry. Right. Everyone from normal Oklahoma, I do apologize. I'm going to say that is false. I'm going true. I'm going. Hurry up, Larry. I'm going true. 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 Well, then, like you say, Larry, what do the ugly people do? And they must have very beautiful people there in normal Oklahoma. Next one, Donnie. The Sunshine State, Florida, prohibits unmarried women from parachuting on Sundays. <laughs> well, of course they can't That's got to that. be true. We got to save those unmarried women. I'm going right. true. I'm going true. true. And it is true. I think Cam only picked out ones that are true. So far, this is not the true or false game. The it's the true kicker. game. This right, is our last one. Forget about trying to publicly adjust your stockings in either Denison, Texas, or Bristol, Tennessee. Performing such a lewd act could land you in a sentence of up to 12 months in the state penitentiary for adjusting your stockings. That's Damn. pretty lewd. Who who has stockings, anyway? Well, maybe they mean socks, too. Wow, could be. Could I'm be. going false on this, baby. I'm going true. I'm going true. Yep, Bristol, Tennessee. Ah, true. true. The true right. game. Well, I'm not going there soon. Dennis, just not just with my stockings. Go, just at least. don't wear any socks or stockings, and you don't have to adjust them. Obviously, some wacky laws on on the books, and, and probably probably even here in California, there's some weird laws. So uh, I want to talk about uh, our uh, our tip of the day, and uh, but first, did you know? Talking about crazy laws, right here in California, and I think this is crazy good, that we have a law that passed a couple of years ago that requires all dogs, cats, and rabbits sold in California pet stores to be obtained from animal shelters or rescue groups. 
Yeah, I heard about that. But so what is, what's the ramification? Of, what do you understand that to mean, Rob? I understand to mean that they don't go to puppy farms and places like that anymore to get their or breeding areas to get their dogs that they're using pet stores now as a means to find homes for rescued animals. Well, I, I disagree only in the sense that they're just saying pet stores you can't buy from puppy farms and puppy puppy farms anymore. Okay, that's what I think it's saying. But. Well, I'm I'm an animal lover, so I'm I'm uh, good with any law that protects animals. Let me give you the tip of the day here, Rob. Why not? Keeping with the animal theme, make sure your pet's microchip is current. You can do this online with many microchip manufacturers such as Avid, Microchip ID Solutions, 911 Pet Chip. If you don't know the manufacturer, you can look it up at American Animal Hospital Association website. It's also a smart idea to put your dog on the Found Animals Registry, a database that holds contact information for microchips of all kinds, regardless of the manufacturer. Yeah, you know, your dog could get out. You don't have the collar on your dog. And if you don't take you know, some kind of measure to protect where, the whereabouts of your dog when the dog is missing, you're not going to be able to find that dog. I mean, we've heard stories where dogs show up years later, but we don't want that. We want you to be able to find your dog right away. Hey, Donnie, uh, can someone put their dog in a living trust? Yes. And do they? They do. Yeah. We even do. Some people want specific trusts simply for their pets, and we call them pet trusts. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And how does that work? How does that play out? It's just like another type of an asset where they're going to set aside um, who gets the animal. And sometimes we don't know what type of animal they're going to have at the time of death, so they go through different animals. But whatever animals they have are going to go to so-and-so. And then they allot money that's going to go to that person for the animal's care. So, Donnie, can you we were, you were talking about before that you used to be in litigation in these probates and you saw some some crazy stuff. What's the craziest thing that you ever had to deal with when you were uh, litigating and probating these uh, estates? Sure. So this is an interesting story, but it's also uh, a sad story. Uh, we represented a successor trustee who was also the brother um, of two other sisters, and I had done um, the trust years ago for the family. And the family's whole goal was, hey, we want to make sure that all of our kids are taken care of. We have a bunch of properties, and we want to leave a legacy for them. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that these properties are going to go to our kids, and they're going to be able to have income-producing properties um, as investments. We set up the trust like that, and like you said, can anybody challenge it? Um, they can. And on this one, the sisters did. And the reason why they did is because the mom had disinherited the two other sisters after the dad had passed away, which is solely her right to do. And there are reasons why she did it. They understood the reasons, they just didn't like the ramifications of it. And so they sued. We battled this thing for probably a year and a half. We ended up settling as you guys know, happens often on, on the court More steps of the not. day of trial. Oh, wow, yeah. And um, the crazy thing about it was as we went through this process, it now became, and this is what happens sadly in trust litigation, it doesn't become about the money anymore. It becomes about the families and the person, personal vendettas. And so that's all that happened. Here's the story I always give on this one. It was an interesting day. We're in court. We're battling because the sisters brought a motion about saying, hey, our brother took money from the change machines from the laundry that was in the garage of one of our apartment complexes. Oh, my. 
And the judge said to the sister, basically said, well, how much money are we talking about? And the sister said, I'm guessing about $150. And the judge looked and said, I see what this case is about now. It's just about a pound of flesh. Nickels and dimes. Isn't he that basically the, said, isn't that you just understand, the way it goes? your attorney, you're paying them this amount. You're paying this amount. You've lost all that money anyway. And she goes, I don't care. Yeah. Hundreds times over the 150 dispute. That 150 that bucks cost them probably 15 grand in attorney's fees. Right. You hey, got Rob, it. let's go to uh, Mandel messages, okay? Yeah, let's do it. Now it's time to check the Mandel message box. Uh, Laura writes in from Chandler, Arizona. I was fired from my job without cause. My former employer is fighting to not pay my pension. I worked past my 90-day probationary period, which guaranteed my pension benefits. How do I fight this? You know, it depends on the laws there in Arizona, which uh, I'm not exactly familiar with. But generally speaking, you have to have a uh, some kind of agreement that protects you unless you are fired with cause. Did I say that right? Yeah, there's attorneys that do employment law and they focus on this kind of stuff. I mean, if the pension benefits are there and the contract outlines it as such, then she should have a right to obtain her pension plan without issue. So that's probably where she'd have to go. Well, yeah. And I think generally speaking, most employments are at will. You have to have some kind of agreement. Otherwise, you could just be fired at will. But I think your suggestion that she talk to a lawyer there in Arizona is probably the best one because this is complicated stuff. You know, you don't want to lose those pension benefits if you're entitled to them. So you need to fight it through the legal system with someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, we want to thank Donnie Flagg for coming in. We learned so much. So I think it's about time to wrap it up. Don't you think so, Rob? I think so. We want to thank you all for tuning in and catch us next week right here on Go Country 105. And just remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.